Welcome in to today's edition of Just the Truth. Glad to have you join me as I broadcast from the Granite State of New Hampshire in the PhD Weight Loss Nutrition Studio. To lose weight for the last time, visit myphdweightloss.com. So as expected, President Donald Trump won the first in the nation presidential primary, saying that he is, quote, very honored by his New Hampshire primary win and adding that the Republican Party is very united behind his candidacy. We're going to break it all down for you. Fox News got some interesting yet not surprising feedback from some of their exit polling yesterday. What do you think the number one quality the people of New Hampshire want in a candidate and in a future president? Think about it for a moment. Another star entertainer's son is a victim of fentanyl. Additional information about the death of Dana Carvey's son, Dex, was released by the family. And President Joe Biden accusing some hecklers, some pro-Palestinian hecklers, as MAGA Republicans. We're going to break it all down for you as we have a full report for you from New Hampshire. I told you we'd be back. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's Joey Hudson. I wanted to name it the Joey Hudson Bill, but, you know, they don't allow you to name put names on bills. <laughs> but I wanted to call it the Joey Hudson Bill because I know, I know that one's been near and dear to you for a number of years. That's how it's done. Let your voice be heard. And the truth shall set you free. Here's Joey Hudson. It was another early call last night with a few precincts closing at 8 p. Eastern time. And at the strike of the clock... At 8 p.m., it was off to the races on who would call it first for President Donald Trump. In his acceptance speech, Trump said that he's very honored by his New Hampshire primary win, saying that the Republican Party is very united behind his candidacy, and he took the opportunity to take a few shots at Governor Nikki Haley as well. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Whoa! Well, I want to thank everybody. This is a fantastic state. This is a great, great state. You know, we won New Hampshire three times now. Three. Three. We win it every time. We win the primary. We win the generals. We've won it. And it's a very, very special place to me. It's very important. If you remember, in 2016, we came here and we needed that win. And we won by 21 points. And it was great. And uh, today, I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely (laughs) when it was at 7. But now I just walked up and it's at 14. But but she ran up when it was 7. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. And, you know, last, last week we had a little bit of a problem. And if you remember, Ron was very upset because she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around. I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. And then I looked at the polls. She was talking about most winnability, who's going to win. And I had one put up. I don't know if you see it, but I have one put up. We've won almost every single poll in the last three months against Crooked Joe Biden. Almost every poll. And she doesn't win those polls. And she doesn't win those. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody 
take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. And you, uh, you have the, you have the very, the now very unpopular governor of this state. This guy, he's got to be on something. I've never seen anybody with energy. He's like uh, hopscotch. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching this guy and two weeks ago he said, we're going to win, we're going to win in the landslide, we're going to win. About three days ago he started saying, well, we want to do well. That's a big difference. But I walked out just now, we're 14 points up, and I don't know what it's going to be. But when she was up here, it was like six or seven. And, you know, with like 7% of the vote counted. Now, let, let me just tell you, we, uh, we had an unbelievable week last week in Iowa. We set a record. It was the best in the history of the caucus, in the history. And uh, I remember I sort of had the same feeling. I'm up and I'm watching. And I said, she's taking a victory lap. And we, we beat her so badly, she was. But Ron beat her also. You know, Ron came in second and he left. She came in third and she's still hanging around. Trump won the first in the nation primary last night, adding this to his win in Iowa, uh, the Iowa caucuses last week, which is historic to win uh, two in a row like this in the 50-plus percent uh, margin. Trump said that he's looking forward to going against the worst president in the history of our country. New Hampshire, where independent voters who make up roughly 40 percent of the electorate can vote in either major party's contest, and they've long played an, uh, a very influential role in the state's historical presidential primary, the, always the first primary in the state. That's up for this year for the Democrats, as Joe Biden and his cronies in the Democrat Party sidestepped New Hampshire, ignored New Hampshire. And, and by the way, uh, people in New Hampshire aren't very happy with Joe Biden about that uh, as it stands uh, skipping New Hampshire, heading to, to South Carolina. Miss Haley spent plenty of time and resources in the state over the past few months, securing the endorsement of a very popular Republican governor, Chris Sununu. And again, New Hampshire's registration system, it is a bit quirky. I had the chance to speak with one of the local election officials who explained how the process works. It's a good turnout, but it's been very smooth. We have a line here right now, but it'll be about 10 minutes because we have new poll pads to check people in. We've done away from the alphabet lines. So we have people coming in, snaking in, but it's about 10 minutes to come through. Better than expected. Yes. Yeah, we have a lot of undeclareds uh, popping out. If you're voting, ma'am, you have to go that way. We have uh, actually more undeclared voters in, in Bedford than we have Republicans or Democrats, uh, probably by 300 uh, undeclareds over Republicans and less Democrats. If you're undeclared in the New Hampshire primary, you can come in and take either a Republican ballot or a Democrat ballot. From that moment, you're actually enrolled as a Republican or a Democrat on our rolls. However, you can go to the back of the polling place and change back to undeclared status. Um, if you come in as a Democrat, you can only have a Democrat ballot. Come in as a Republican, can only have a Republican ballot. Uh, and you can't change party affiliation today. Only undeclareds can go back to undeclared after voting. That upset victory made possible. A Democrats voting in the GOP primary just did not happen. And Trump dominated for a second week in a row, cruising to victory in both critical early voting states. When asked if he felt Haley would suspend her campaign, he said, I don't know, she should. 
He went on to say she should because otherwise we have to keep wasting money instead of spending on Biden. If she doesn't drop out, we have to waste money instead of spending it on Biden, which is our focus. Trump isn't the only person who thinks that Governor Haley should suspend her campaign. I heard that from a lot of people in New Hampshire over the past few days. Jonathan, who had just voted, took a few minutes to talk with me after he voted at Bedford High School just outside of Manchester. He said that he wants someone who can fix the economy, and he thinks Trump is the right person to do that and says that he thinks Haley should throw her support behind Trump. Well, for us, it was the economy, how it's applying to our family, the uh, importance of the school system and importance of the safety of our, our nation and our state, some of the reasons. I actually never come across the lines being so long. I voted the last decade in Bedford, and this is the first time I've seen it at this volume, so it's good. Um, I think people are passionate and kind of upset where we're at as a nation, and I feel like that's part of the motive for coming out to vote. The border is number one, economy number two, and the safety of my children is number three. Uh, for the primary, yes. um, I think Donald Trump is going to run away with it. And yeah. then uh, Nikki Haley, probably number two. And Yeah, I, I hope that she will do so and endorse Donald Trump because I really like to see her part of the, the Trump team like she was back in 2016. And, She's really good with foreign affairs, so I like to see in her role in the future in that. Trump was joined again at a uh, rally Monday by former opponents who uh, have since endorsed him. Our senator, uh, junior senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, and Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota all said that the party's behind Trump. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis suspended his campaign last weekend, as you know, and immediately endorsed Trump. But Haley, during a speech after the race was called in favor of Trump, noted that she got close to half of the vote in New Hampshire. She said that she is the last one standing next to Donald Trump and added that the race is far from over. Congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it, and I want to acknowledge that. Now, you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves, saying this race is over. Well, I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And the next one is my sweet state of South Carolina. campaign, there were 14 of us running, and we were at 2% in the polls. Well, I'm a fighter. And I'm scrappy. And now we're the last one standing next to Donald Trump. And 
And today we got close to half of the vote. We still have a ways to go, but we keep moving up. Let me take a minute to talk with you about my friends at PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. Is this the year that you're going to lose that excess weight, that you're going to get healthy, that you're going to take care of yourself, put yourself first? Just over three years ago, that was me. And I was introduced to Dr. Ashley Lucas with PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition. And boy, am I glad I made that call. Am I glad that I sat down with Dr. Lucas and talked with her about her program it's not a fad diet. It's not even a diet at all, really. It's a lifestyle. It's based on the science of nutrition, what to eat, when to eat, and how to eat, and your relationship with food. I was able to lose 30 pounds pretty quickly, and over three years later, I've been able to maintain that weight loss as well. If losing weight and getting healthy was one of your New Year's resolutions, yes, it's still in January, so you can still get started on it, make that first call. set up your first consultation, go in, sit down with someone either at the Greenville office, the Asheville office, they have an office in Charlotte and Lake Norman, or they can do it virtually. You can do this from anywhere in the world. If you're listening uh, to my voice on Just the Truth right now, I don't care where you are in the world, PhD Weight Loss Nutrition they can, they can take care of you. They can get you back on the road to health. 864-252-4925 online at myphdweightloss.com. Ph.D. Weight Loss and Nutrition, the official partner of the Clemson Tigers. 864-477-JOEY, 864-477-5639 is the Furman Ford text line. Your comments are welcome. Were you surprised at any of the results from last night? Did it turn out the way you thought it would? Did Nikki Haley, was she maybe a little stronger than you thought? Love to get your comments on the Furman Ford text line, 864-477-5639. You can leave a quick voice message, and those emails are welcome as well, joey at joeyhudson.com. So as I was visiting some of the precincts around Nashua, New Hampshire, and Bedford, New Hampshire, there were obviously pollsters questioning people at some of the polls. A lot of media moving around from precinct to precinct, like I was. And you learn a lot from people once they vote. And most are pretty open to talking with you about their opinions. Fox News does a great job of exit polling. Let's take a minute and look back at the qualities that New Hampshire Republican voters said they're looking for in candidates, and the most important one. And it, it was a bit surprising to me. Because voters in New Hampshire said that mental capability is the number one quality they're looking for in a presidential candidate. Even more so than if they can win in November. Almost all Granite State GOP voters say that their nominee's mental capability is the most important thing to them. 95% actually said mentally fit was the, the, the... the most important thing. Strong leader, 85%. Their position on policies, 76%. And whether they can win in November, 75%. So when it comes to charges against former President Trump, uh, that uh, was a non-starter as well. Just one-third 
of Republicans in New Hampshire say that they're legitimate attempts to investigate important issues, while two-thirds say that they're political attempts to undermine the former president. Again, mental capability, the number one quality that New Hampshire Republicans are looking for in a candidate. And, and that's far ahead of other traits uh, or other traits that they see in a leader. Another interesting thing, uh, and this is one possible reason the ability to defeat Joe Biden feels less important to Republicans, a majority of those who identify as Republican said that they do not believe Joe Biden legitimately was elected. 52% of those who answered the poll questions upon voting yesterday said they do not b- believe Joe Biden is a legitimately elected president, while 46% said yes. Now, this was an interesting point. When they were asked about President Joe Biden's age, In the survey of Democrat primary voters, over half believe his age isn't a problem. But more than 4 in 10 Granite State Democrats say he's too old to serve another term. And get this, that includes even some who actually voted or wrote in Joe Biden's name on the ballot yesterday. 864-477-JOEY, 864-477-5639. I'd love to get your comments on the Furman Ford text line. Another star entertainer's son is victim to fentanyl. Additional information about the death of Dana Carvey's son, Dex, was released by the family. I'll give you the details on that in just a moment. Uh, You know, it's never been more important than now to support locally run, locally owned businesses. If you're looking to purchase a new vehicle or maybe a a good pre-owned vehicle, let me encourage you to go down to Lawrence. Just take the short drive to Lawrence and talk with Matthew and Jim Furman at Furman Ford. Furman Ford serves their community. Furman Ford is owned and operated by the Furman family who live right there in the community. So when you spend money, whether it's buying a car or maybe service, they'll service your vehicle, whether it's a Ford or any other make or model, and whether you bought it there or not. And you're not going to have to wait weeks to get in uh, to, to get in to get that car service at Furman Ford either. When you call Furman Ford or when you email them or when you just stop by, it's very likely that you'll, uh, you'll be greeted by one of the Furman family members. They'll help you navigate some of the great deals they have on some of the great selections of uh, whether it's a pre-owned vehicle or a new vehicle. And what's even better? When you drive your new vehicle off the lot, you know that your money is staying right there in the community. Find them online at FermanFord.com, FermanFord.com. So Dana Carvey's son, Dex Carvey, died from a lethal combination of fentanyl, ketamine, and cocaine, according to a report from the L.A. County Medical Examiner's Office. Manner of death was listed as an accident, according to the report. Carvey and his wife, Paula Zweigerman, had previously stated that their son, Dex, had died of an accidental drug overdose when they shared the news of his death at the age of 32 back in November. 
the Saturday Night Live alumni wrote on his social media account at the time, Last night we suffered a terrible tragedy. Our beloved son, Dex, died of an accidental drug overdose. He was 32 years old. The statement continued, Dex packed a lot into those 32 years. He was extremely talented at so many things, music, art, filmmaking, comedy, and pursued all of them passionately. It's not an exaggeration to say that Dex loved life, and when you were with him, you loved life too. The statement concluded with Carvey and uh, his wife Paula's names at the end saying, to anyone struggling with addiction or who loves someone struggling with addiction, you are in our hearts and prayer. Dex died at, the, uh, at his residence on November the 15th of last year, and an autopsy was completed the following day, according to the Los Angeles County Medical Examiners. Last week, uh, the comedian spoke out about their family's loss after returning to his and David Spade's Fly on the Wall podcast for the first time since his son Dex's death. Carvey said that the outpouring of support that their family had received was incredible, and was really sweet. He noted that there was really nothing that people could do for him or his family as they processed their grief. He said, it's me and my wife and our son's private journey, referring to his other son, Thomas. He said, we're all together, and we do a lot of fun things. We hike, we go to church. You just want to make sure that you keep moving. Carvey admitted that returning to the podcast and riffing with his good friend Spade is going to be very healthy for me as I recover, he said. Uh, last November, after Dex's death, Carvey thanked his fans for their well wishes and announced that he was going to take a break from uh, acting. This is another example of a senseless death. Not, I don't know anything about Dana Carvey's political beliefs, but Hollywood overall supports Joe Biden's open borders. And these fentanyl deaths are part of, part of what you get when you let drug smugglers cross the border with truckloads of illegal drugs and you don't do anything about it. And again, I, I don't know uh, Mr. Carvey's politics. But I do know that Hollywood is not using their influence within the Democrat Party and with Joe Biden to try to get them to close our border, to secure our country. And as long as it's open, as long as these drug dealers can cross back and forth, we're going to continue to see a, an increase of fentanyl deaths. On the Furman Ford text line, Michael's projection for yesterday's primary, he said, I think Trump is going to win by 60% and Haley will be 39%. Uh, well, Michael, you did get the fact that Trump was going to win, right? You got that, but uh, your percentages were slightly off, uh, or at least they were when I went to bed. <laughs> Jeff writes, thanks again for all your hard work and dedication, and all we have to do is listen. Be safe and have a safe trip back home. Well, look, uh, Jeff, it's, it's not work when you enjoy it. And I, uh, I tell you, I had a blast in, in Iowa and again in New Hampshire this week. Ace writes, Joey, did Nikki Haley ever say why she quit as ambassador to the U.N.? This is a question that Americans are still asking. I don't trust her, and I don't, I don't think many do. I read a CBS article about her. They seem to be supporting her. Red flag, he says. Something is up with her. I'm not sure what it is, but I believe conservatives need to be cautious towards her. Susan writes on the Furman Ford text line, I've been listening to Tim Young's great analysis 
of DeSantis's campaign team on my Salem News app. Thank you, uh, Susan, for downloading the Salem News app. If you haven't done so already, just go to your uh, to your app store, search for Salem News. You can also uh, uh, download Mike Gallagher's app, listen to the Mike Gallagher Show as well. Uh, Susan says, after listening to DeSantis's articulate, sincere endorsement of Trump, I'm wondering whether his heart was really in running against him or whether his campaign team pushed him into it because of how badly they hated Trump. Young said that when he was participating on the debates, he sounded like there were 100 consultants talking in his ear. If he runs again in 2028, he needs a new campaign team. He probably would agree with you, Susan. Our text of encouragement today, the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. Vince Labardi. Thank you for that uh, text. Yours is w- uh, welcome as well. Furman Ford text line, 864-477-JOEY, 864-477-5639. Leave me a quick voice message as well. Emails are welcome, joey at joeyhudson.com. So President Biden claimed yesterday that an anti-Israel heckler was a MAGA Republican as he was interrupted at a rally at least 10 times by protesters who are opposed to his support of Israel. It seems like every time something goes wrong, Biden blames it on a MAGA Republican. (laughs) I'm going to tell you all about that in just a moment. First, portions of today's show made possible by Discounted Appliance Warehouse. Are you tired of buying appliances from inexperienced sales staff who have no appliance knowledge whatsoever? You go into the big box store, and you know more about the, the appliances than they do. You just stand there and stare at a long row of refrigerators. You're not quite sure which one you want. Well, that's not going to happen when you go to Discounted Appliance Warehouse because one of the uh, team members there, they're going to walk you through their 11,000-square-foot warehouse. They're going to talk with you about the features that are important to you and your family, and they're going to help you find the right appliance. Appliances are too expensive to make the wrong decision. They uh, back everything up with their award-winning service department. They have extended warranties, and they have you covered well past the sale. You're more than just a credit card swipe at Discounted Appliance Warehouse. Jeff considers you part of the family. Find them online at DAWPickens.com, DAWPickens.com. So 81-year-old Joe Biden, speaking hours ahead of the results of the New Hampshire GOP primary, and notice I said GOP primary because the Democrats really didn't have a primary because Joe Biden's name wasn't on the uh, ballot. They tried this last-minute write-in thing. I don't even know why they were wasting their time of trying to get people to write in Joe Biden's name. If he wanted to be on the ballot, if he wanted people to vote for him, he would have, he would have had his name on the ballot. So he was speaking to this group. Uh, It was one of his first joint campaign rallies of 2024 with Vice President Kamala Harris. A man carrying a Palestinian flag started yelling at Biden. This was in uh, Virginia at a rally there that was supposed to focus on the federal abortion rights. This uh, guy started yelling, Genocide Joe, how many kids have you killed today? Moments later, a female heckler shouted out, Israel kills two mothers every hour. 
Now, Biden supporters tried to drown out some of these disruptions with chants of four more years, four more years, uh, let's go, Joe, and things like that. He was just 19, uh, the speech was just 19 minutes long. The New York Post reported that the sustained series of interruptions followed a more isolated uh, incident of heckling at recent events. these they, they seem to be following Joe Biden around at the few campaign events that he has. Biden said after the initial two disruptions by these activists who are upset by Israel's invasion of, of uh, Gaza after Hamas terrorists killed 1,200 people on October the 7th, he said they feel deeply. Then he had a third interruption. He said, this is going to go on for a while. He said, we've got a couple more of these, I think. And he told supporters in the, uh, there are about uh, 1,100 people in this auditorium, probably one of the biggest crowds he's had. Uh, after being heckled for a sixth time, Biden said, this is going to go on for a while. They've got this planned. So he's beginning to catch on that this is a planned, planned attack. He appeared to grow a bit irritated, as he can you know, you, you can see it. His face kind of starts getting uh, a little red. And then his seventh heckler shouted out, and Joe Biden simply said, MAGA Republican. He immediately starts blaming it on the MAGA Republicans, That's you and me. Biden said before pausing to collect himself a bit, he said, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, including the woman hollering, frankly, Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans, including the Speaker of the House, are hell-bent on going even further uh, on abortion. He's t- they were talking about abortion, of course. Biden said in a very exasperated tone to number nine, <laughs> uh, heckler number nine, who was up in a balcony, he said, look, please don't jump, trying to get a laugh out of the group. Interesting enough, Vice President Harris, who spoke before Biden, wasn't heckled. She wasn't even she wasn't interrupted at all. She accused Trump of unleashing a health care crisis that has caused women to have miscarriages in toilets, according to the VP. When he was able to get a word in during his own speech, Biden slammed Trump on abortion as well, saying, "You remember it was Donald Trump and his Supreme Court that ripped away the rights and freedoms of women in America." The campaign event disruptions follow two large pro-Palestinian marches to the White House recently, as well as activists blocking, uh, blockading the D.C. area airport, shopping mall entrances. Polls show that Democratic-leaning younger voters, Arab Americans and Muslim Americans, differ mostly uh, with Biden on Gaza. In November, thousands of protesters calling for a ceasefire vandalized the White House's Fence. They pushed on the front gate, chanting F. Joe Biden. Uh, again, in uh, early January, protesters threw red paint, uh, representing the blood of, of babies along Pennsylvania Avenue, and pro- projected uh, an image of Biden with the words Genocide Joe on a uh, nearby building. One final story for you. Uh, last night, after I, I wrapped up some of our our um, reporting on the results in New Hampshire, I realized I hadn't had a chance to eat. I was hungry. <laughs> I remember there was an IHOP just uh, down the road from the hotel. It was about 9.30 or so. 
I thought, well, they'll, they'll still be open. So I jump in the car, head down the road, and by the time I get there, pull in, I'm kind of looking at their, uh, at their door to see what their hours are, and uh, indicated they're open till 10 o'clock. Well, it was 9.40. I looked at my watch, 9.40. And I could see four or five people sitting at a table in the very back. It looked like they were employees. There wasn't an, uh, another car in the parking area, so I was the only customer. I hesitated slightly, but I thought, hey, they got 20 more minutes. Surely they can cook me an egg or something. So I walk in, and there's not a person in sight. Those four or five, as it turned out, uh, teenagers, young 20-somethings who were working there, they disappeared. I think they ran to the back purposely, hoping that I would turn around and walk out if there's nobody there. Because they, they never would come out. I mean, I, I kind of walk around. I figured, well, maybe maybe they have cameras, and there's a manager who sees that someone's out here. Nothing. No, nobody. So then I get determined. I'm thinking, they're trying to avoid me. They're hoping I'll leave, and I'm hungry. <laughs> so so I start walking to the back down, down the hallway that I had seen them disappear to earlier, heading to the kitchen. And just as I entered the kitchen, <laughs> a young lady had startled her that, that, that I had come in. She yells. Kind of startled me, too, when she yelled. Then she started laughing. And uh, I said, are you open? Oh, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir. We didn't know you were there. Then she starts pretending to, to not know that I had come in the door. Now, they all saw me because I saw them get up and go to the back. Well, uh, I, got my, I got my ex. <laughs> uh, she, she looked at her watch, she, and she, she named some type of uh, cooking machine. She said, well, it's already closed. We can't get you any French fries. I said, well, what can you cook me? Can you, can you cook an egg? Oh, oh yes, sir. We can do an egg. So, so I got my, my cheese omelet <laughs> very reluctantly, very reluctantly. That's it for today's edition of just the truth. I'm headed back to South Carolina this afternoon. Thanks for joining me in the PhD weight loss and nutrition studio to lose the weight for the last time. Visit myphdweightloss.com. Be sure and join our mailing list. Visit my website, joeyhudson.com. Click on the Connect with Joey button so that you can receive our emails and uh, stay up to date on the news. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. Here, keep the comments coming via the Furman Ford text line, 864-477-JOEY. Keep those emails coming as well, joey at joeyhudson.com. Back tomorrow from uh, the Palmetto State. Till then, remember, folks, God's got this. He's still in control.